William Nevins, Part 8, Cure for the Carefield Heart. In this age of COVID and chaos, God's people can easily feel like the Israelites of old as they looked over Jordan and saw the giants in the land. We, as they, seem like powerless grasshoppers in the long shadows of our day's towering troubles. Since the moment that God cursed the ground because of Adam's sin, this has been a dangerous and uncertain world. William Nevins felt this in his day, when cholera came to Baltimore, when he lost two young children, when he had 24 hours to say an early, earthly goodbye to his young wife, and when he became too ill to preach or pastor. When he writes of his heart weeping at the sight of an orphan, he does so knowing that when his frail health fails, his own children will be parentless. As he sat down to write today's devotional, he knew his subject well and would admit that he had not always followed his own prescription. Still, he points us to be to the source of a calm, comforted heart in times of confusion and care. Essay 38, How to Dispose of Care There is such a thing as care. Who does not know it by experience? Who has not felt it in his heart? How heavily it presses there, and it pierces too. It is a burden and it has also a sting. Nothing is more unfriendly to happiness than care. It is hard being happy with a load on the heart. The objects of care are almost innumerable. What shall I eat? What shall I drink? And with what shall I be clothed? Are only a few of its anxious questions, and they are among the least important of them. These concern only ourselves, but care often forgets self in its even greater burden for others. Parents, and especially mothers, know what I mean by this, but I need not attempt to explain a word that expresses what we all feel. There are certain duties, both for ourselves and others, for which God has made us responsible, and it would be sinful to disregard them. But over and above this, there are many burdens and anxieties which we lay upon ourselves, which are unnecessary and useless. These are the cares that are unfavorable to happiness while our God-given duties and responsibilities are conducive to it. It is very desirable to get rid of these other cares, since they do us harm and do no one good. Nothing is more hostile to the successful care of the soul than the pressure and sharpness of the care of which I speak. Careful and troubled about many things, we intermittently or entirely overlook the care of the one thing needful. But what shall we do with it? How do we get rid of it? since to bear these cares are so painful to our feelings and often so ruinous to our better interests. We can divide it with others to some little extent. There is such a thing as sympathy. We can unburden the mind to a fellow creature. And I will not deny that there is some relief in it. Yet the very meaning of the word sympathy indicates that it is no remedy. It is, after all, a suffering together. A great deal of what constitutes sympathy is the painful knowledge that we can share someone else's sorrow but not cure it. Mixing tears does indeed diminish their bitterness, but weeping with those that weep does not wipe away their tears. They weep on, and the only difference is that we, we, we weep with them, and our tears may be said to dilute theirs. There is a better way of disposing of care than to cast it on our fellow creatures. Indeed, what fellow creatures can we find who have not enough of their own to bear without receiving an additional burden from us. Yet there is a way by which all excess of anxiety may be removed, and the heart still be left 
with all its tender affection for others. It is to cast care on God. That is the true and only effective way to dispose of care. He can take the burdens, however huge and heavy. You do not doubt that, but you ask, will he? May I cast it on him? I, such a one as I, cast my cares, the whole multitude and burden of them, on such a being as God. I know he rules the mighty universe, and his providence which extends to the minute equally as to the magnificent, reaching low enough to know the fall of a sparrow, does not distract or burden him. I know he can take a larger, more important responsibility and not feel it, but will he? Will such greatness stoop to such littleness? Such holiness come down to such vileness? Yes, it will, for condescension is one characteristic of greatness. And the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. But why do I even ask the question? Does not the Holy Spirit say by David, Cast your burdens upon the Lord, and he will sustain you? And by Peter, casting all your care upon him. And by Paul, be anxious for nothing. And does not Emmanuel himself say, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest? No longer ask if you may cast your burdens, but use your privilege. Here is your authority. The Lord says you may do it. No, command you to do it. It is your duty as well as your privilege. So far as it from being presumption to cast your care on God, it is a sin not to do it. This is the way to dispose of care, and it is no matter how much there is of it. God will take it all. It is no burden to him. Many have disposed of their cares in this way and all testify how willingly he took and bore them. And if at times they took back the burden upon themselves, yet he willingly received it again, when again it was cast upon him. There is a reason given by Peter for casting care on God that is inexpressibly touching. He says, casting all your care on him, and then follows it with no flourish of rhetoric, no parade of reasons, but this, for he cares for you. Why should you care for yourself, since God cares for you? Oh, here is a topic not for meditation of an hour alone, but of an eternity. He cares for you. Can it be? Oh, why should he? What a thought to carry through this veil of tears, and to go down with into the deeper valley of death, that God cares for me. He concerns himself about me. Let the scholar look at the original. The English is good enough, but the Greek is still more interesting. God has me on his heart. Some poor saints think nobody cares for them, but God does. Isn't that enough? He that regards the cry of the raven, and gives all the birds of heaven their food, and decks the lilies of the field, cares much more for you. He concerns himself for his creatures. Will he not much more for his children? Are you not of much more value, whom no less a price could redeem than the blood of his son? Let this suffice for you. I know nothing that goes so soon and surely to my heart as the sight of a poor, sobbing, or sorrowfully looking child, an orphan, or worse than parentless, whom no one seems to care for. But if I weep at such a sight, it dries up my tears to think that there is, after all, one who cares for the poor child, even he who said, Let the little children come to me. O come, let us cast our care on God. Let us go to Jesus for rest. In him we shall find sympathy such as man can feel, 
with support such as only God can give. There we shall meet with such pity as at first weeps with the sufferer and then wipes away his tears. Surely he who bore our sins will not refuse our cares. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. The End of William Nevins, Part 8 Cure for the Care-Filled Heart